advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Bronger. Here we are, yet another episode of Advice from a Dipshit with Matt Bronger. I'm your host, Matt Bronger. I take calls. I don't hear them until my uh, amazing producer, Amanda, plays them. So I'm listening at the same time you are. Roll the first one there, Amanda. What's up, Matt? My name's Aaron, and I'm thinking about just living in an RV. I'm just going to take my family, and I'm just going to quit my job, and we're just going to live in an RV. Because everything sucks, nine to five sucks, forty hours a week sucks, and we're just gonna just go from town to town, and I'm gonna like mow yards to make money. Uh, but I'm also horrified. So I was gonna get your advice on what you would do if you just want to take your non-existent family and take them to see the world, take them on an American road trip, but you're trapped in this weird society that expects you to spend more time at work than you do your family. Hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I saw that you started a new podcast and I was like, this seems like the perfect opportunity to ask this guy. I love your stand up. I love everything you're working on. Keep kicking ass, man. Um, and good luck with your endeavors. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate the, the support, the love. I know a lot of people just listened to that and were like, no, oh my God, what are you doing? I had a, a similar thought mostly when he, when he said he was just going to mow lawns. But at the same time, he brings up a really solid point. We are in a society that expects us to work, 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 work. And if you don't, then you're a piece of shit and you're not contributing. But if you have a family that is... That's precedent. That takes precedence. That's what you have to be working on. The idea is to get a sort of balance. It's funny. Aaron, you reminded me of my buddy Kyle Kinane, who I started out in comedy with. And uh, he, uh, when we got to Chicago, he owed hundreds of dollars uh, in toll fees from blowing through tolls without paying them back in Illinois. And he went off on a tirade about, oh, this world, fuck this place. I'm moving to a desert island. And I'm like, where are you going to buy your beer, asshole? And so we had a back and forth that, you know, ended us with us like laughing at each other, which I, you know, I can understand exactly where he's coming from. But at the same time, you go to the desert island, you got to, you know, he's not going to climb a tree and get a coconut. He's going to die in two days. But what you said about driving across country sounds romantic, sounds amazing. Two thoughts. One, in terms of mowing the lawn, do you do landscaping? Do you do stuff that might bring in a little more money? And also, I don't know if people are going to love the guy jumping out of an RV asking to mow the lawn and not just the kid down the street who plays Little League. That said, that's a possibility. I also worry about your kids. Like, where are they going to go to school? Are you going to homeschool them inside the RV? I always get really little uh, wary about any kind of homeschooling because it's just always better not only for the kid's education but for the kid to learn how to be sociable, how to adapt, how to interact with other human beings. Those would be my main worries. Maybe you have a very, very young child who isn't going to school for a couple years and this is something you can just try. I always worry about people that want to just drop off the grid, kind of not only, I don't say run away from their problems, but just try to transcend I think what you're trying to do, the old 40-hour work week and then and the nine to five and everything, I would advise maybe 
divide your time, divide it into sometimes you, you go with the RV, but other times you work another job that might not drive you as crazy. Does your wife work? Do, would she be willing to do something part-time as well as you guys having an outlet like you know the motorhome thing? I mean, there are some people who they only work a couple months a year for certain jobs. And maybe the rest of that time you can um, you know, drive your RV around with paintings of lawnmowers along the side so everybody knows exactly what you're in town for. You might get a rep as like, they, oh, you got to have this guy mow, mow your lawn. His family's delightful. They play underneath the little awning and, uh, you know, everyone drinks beers while he mows your lawn. I don't know. Something like that. It, it's a tough – it's a tall order, man. I don't want to sit here and say it's it's a bad call because I don't have all the information. But it definitely – I mean the fact that you said you're terrified is a good sign because that, that, is, that is a scary, scary proposition. I mean listen, there isn't a comedian alive that I don't that – I, that I know that doesn't occasionally talk about how Mitch Hedberg just bought an RV. And just would drive from gig to gig. And he was kind of living the dream. That's not exactly my dream because I feel like I would crash an RV. I, I just, it's just too much, it's too much vehicle for me. That is, uh, there's nothing like living off the grid, man. It's, it's kind of amazing. So I would just make sure you know exactly what you're getting into. Make sure you have a good amount of money uh, saved up. And think about the kids. Think about the kids' education. And think about, you know, your own mental health. It might drive you crazy being in the same RV that's hard to keep clean while you're on the road. They can get real funky. Let me tell you. A lot of people live out of them in Los Angeles where I am. I used to live off this street that I used to nickname Dirty Winnebago Way. Boy, the people coming out of those, they do not not uh, not doing too great. But I don't think they had families like you. So you're definitely going to be taking care of yourself a little bit more. But thanks for calling in, Aaron. Best of luck to you, man. Be careful out there, man. Convoy. Hey, Matt. Um, I wanted some advice on um, basically um, what I've been going through lately, which is random panic attacks and anxiety for no reason that are kind of ruining my life. I'll just be trying to fall asleep, and all of a sudden, I'll just have a panic attack for like 30 minutes straight before I finally pass out in cold sweat. What do you think I should do about this? Thanks, Matt. Hey, buddy. Uh, there's no reason you should be suffering through that. You should uh, find a health professional that can that can um, uh, give you therapy, prescribe medication. There are ways to um, to uh, to get uh, aid, financial aid, to get that sort of thing uh, taken care of. Boy, I, I wish I knew exactly how how uh, those things come on. But I, I will say, you did preface it the wrong way. You said, I get panic attacks for no no reason. That's not true. There are all kinds of reasons to have panic attacks. Uh, we are living in a state uh, as a country of almost constant anxiety and as a world because we're bombarded with information and um, it just seems like things are going to come to an end at any given time. It's very hard to be a person in the world and it always has been. And so give yourself a little credit there and uh, don't think like, oh, this is just happening because it's it's happening. You could have some sort of chemical imbalance, uh, but even with or without that, that still makes you someone who has to get up every day and you know go out into the world and, and be amongst all of the rest of us maniacs while at the same time possibly being sort of a maniac yourself. Um, I, I think we've we've grown up in a society where a panic attack is looked upon as a sign of weakness. I've had them. They are no fun. It's one of the scariest uh, moments I've ever had in my life. And the fact that you're saying that you've had a couple and they just come on, that that's that's harrowing, man. And, and I, I urge you to, 
to to get professional help for that to 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 figure out a, a way to lessen it or to eliminate it completely because that's that's no joke, man. That is that's such a a terrible thing for you to be going through, um, and, and I'm and I'm really sorry for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I you know simplest advice I can tell you is to reach out and get some help, uh, and 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 just and just make this a priority because it's not something you should just be you know, putting off and hoping it, it goes away because I feel like that's just going to feed into the anxiety. That's just going to give it more fuel for the next time. Um, but, uh, hang in there, buddy. Jesus. Hey Matt, my name's Trevor. Um, I actually saw you in, uh, Columbus, the Woodlands Tavern. Oh, yeah. I told you a story about how you almost killed me one night when I first heard uh doors whopper, uh, when I was driving on the freeway. Anyways, um, Actually, the young lady that I went to the show with that night, uh, my girlfriend of seven years, we've had a pretty bad breakup. And uh, I know in the past you've had similar things happen to you. So how do I get past it? Thanks, buddy. Love you. You're an angel. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Yes, uh, I remember talking to you, man. Thanks again for coming to the show. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real kick in the dick to uh, – uh, have any kind of breakup, especially one after that much time. But I'm just going to assume that it had to happen and it was a good thing that it happened. You didn't express any uh, reservations, any, oh boy, I shouldn't have let her slip away or, uh, you know, either either you needed to break it off or she did. And either way, it's the right thing to happen. Uh, it's 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 kind of all about letting letting the world be yours again and not uh, yours and hers. It's it's about finding your own space, giving yourself time to breathe, and uh, you know don't get don't get too hammered all the time. That's we we tend to romanticize getting getting wasted like because it's over and stuff. But I mean, it's not even I'm not even talking in terms of your health. I'm not even talking in terms of oh boy, you shouldn't be drinking that much. Just being heartbroken with a hangover is the worst feeling in the world. I am convinced. It's just brutal. So just be careful there. But honestly, man, all it's going to take is time. All it's going to take is time. Uh, try to stay away from this person if you can. Don't do what I did with my now wife where uh, we were broke up and I was walking down the street and I saw a car turn the corner and I hid behind a bush and she saw me. Don't do that. If you – true story. If you – so fucking pathetic. It's, it's even gross to say it out loud. But uh, I just – I thought it would bother her seeing me. That's that's how that's my ego right there. Uh, so don't hide, you know. Be cordial if she's around. You know, uh, you don't have to make a point across the room and say hello or whatever. But you know, what you know what I'm saying. You're probably a pretty decent dude, more so than me. But just just give yourself some space and try to stay away from that person and uh, don't fall in love with the past. That's one of the hardest things to get over as you get older because the. The, the past is gone, man. It exists in your brain, but that's it. It doesn't really exist. And anytime I've gotten back together with the wrong person, it's because I wanted that old thing back. And it's called that old thing because it's old. It's not there anymore. Just don't, just don't chase after that and, and think it's going to be new uh, because it won't. You guys had uh, seven years together, and I think that's fantastic, and I would not consider that a failure. That's a great way to spend your life, especially you know any part of your life. No matter if it keeps going or if it ends, so give yourself that. Be happy it was it happened, but don't you know chase after something that was uh, that was that was that was good before and isn't now. 
I would say don't go chasing waterfalls, but that's a bad song with a terrible message. And listen, I love TLC. The rhythm of that song is great, but that message is terrible. Stick to the rivers and lakes you're used to so other people get waterfalls? Fuck you, Chili. I'm chasing waterfalls. And look, I know they meant don't be a criminal. That video made no sense. How I was robbing a, a liquor store with a gun at Waterfall. Okay, thanks for calling in, man. Let's let's roll the next call. That was the dance. Yeah, I saw you were doing the Waterfall dance. Uh, quick question. Just wondering if you think it's okay to tell your boss no to come in on a day off, on your day off. Short and sweet. I think it's absolutely okay. If you can give us solid reason, he doesn't know your plans. He or she doesn't know your, they don't know your plans. You could you maybe have someone in town. In a perfect world, it is completely it's your life. You can say, "No, that's my day off. I can't come in." But I would probably hedge your bet and be like, "Ah, uh, now I got an old friend coming to town. We've had this planned for a long time." You know, something like that. Because then it takes the pressure off of him or her. You're not confronting them. Because they're probably just like, we need some extra work done. Can you come in? Give them an excuse. Don't just say, no, I'm not, because it's my fucking day off and fuck you. Even though you should be able to. You should be able to without anyone getting butt hurt. But I'm saying for the stability of your job and your work relationship, I would, I'm sorry, I'm not usually going to advise people to lie. But go ahead and make something up because that's your day. And uh, unless we're talking about something where it's it's you and, and one guy and you guys have a partnership at building boats and you're not going to make the boat order in time and you only have two canoes and you need five, you know, it, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. You don't come in. It's your day off. And uh, the unions fought hard for us to have days off. You know, uh, I, I, but I would, I would hedge your bets by even if it's a half truth, you, you probably have something planned for that day. Just don't be like, nah, that's uh, that's masturbation and Netflix day and walk away because <laughs> you'll either get fired or you get a promotion. And that's a tough roll of the dice, man. It's a tough roll. So that, that's my advice to you, man. Thanks. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Lenovo. At CDW, we get putting productivity within reach of remote employees. That's why I'm WFC, working from couch and moving everything within arm's length, like the microwave. Lunchtime. You should talk to the experts at CDW. They can orchestrate a more efficient workspace solution using light, powerful devices from Lenovo to keep your teams productive from anywhere, couch included. Yeah, but do they have grabber claws? Whoops. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo client. Hey there, my name is Chris. Basically, I'm having identity issues about uh, being 31 in America because uh, it seems to me that the underlying tone of American society is that, you know, if you're not successful really young, then don't even bother trying to do something new after 30. That's kind of the message I've gotten all my life. You know, I really love comedy, and I was just wondering if I should even bother trying to start doing like open mics and stuff, you know, I'm because I'm really self-conscious about my age. Yeah, that's kind of it. All right. Thanks, Bronger. Love the specials and uh, hope to see a new one soon. All right. Bye. Chris, don't be an idiot. 31 is insanely young. Uh, and even if it wasn't, it doesn't matter. Rodney Dangerfield first tried comedy at age 40. 40. And it's comedy, man. You're not asking, uh, can I be a prima ballerina? Yeah, if you if you get to fifty five, you you can't start ballet, not competitively. Ask my uncle; he broke a hip. No, 
there's no point in, in, in worrying about your age or anything. That's, that's, that's so odd. I don't mean to rip on you, man, but that's just, that's, that's crazy talk. Nothing good happened in my career until I was like 32. Granted, I started in my 20s, but so what? Uh, it's comedy. Follow your heart. That's what, that's what I say. Just friggin' get out there, hit a couple of open mics, eat a bag of dicks on stage and do it again. It's a, a job you can only learn through, through trying and through failure again and again and again. So if you're fine with just getting up there and falling flat on your face, do that. But don't think you're falling flat on your face because you, you're too old, man. Uh, that 31 is, is super, super young. I think 31 is actually the youngest age. It's the only age younger than mine because I'm like super fucking young. Early 40s is like early 20s now. Um, no, but it's, there's nothing, there's nothing to, to, be get, to get self-conscious about. You're really young anyway, but all, even if you were 41, if you were 51, it doesn't matter. It's comedy. Any, anyone can do it. Anyone can learn it. And if you love it, do it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's, it's kind of lucky that you have a hang-up that frankly is kind of dumb. No offense to you. <laughs> but, um, but thanks for calling in, man, and, and best luck to you. I'm a musician from South Mississippi. How on earth do you guys, as comedians, uh, gain the confidence to completely own the stage? I need some help. Thank you. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. We don't know the, the consequences of our actions because we don't think about them too much. It's that's really all getting out on stage is, is you don't you, you just try to put it. You, there's, a, there's a great expression. Stay out of your own head. So it's just a bad place to be where you're just stuck in, in your worries, what you think people are going to think. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. It's like nobody really remembers seeing people bomb. They remember seeing people kill because I think you just edit it out. I think you kind of just it's like blocking uh, a traumatic experience. Because it is dramatic. It's traumatic for the comedians, traumatic for the people that were, had to sit through their act. I, I, I think what we do is we, we, we as people have a fear of public speaking because we don't, have, we don't have a lot of perspective. Like put it this way. If someone got up in front of like your, your college graduation and they, they stuttered and tried to say stuff and didn't do well and they got off stage and just burst into peals of laughter and laughing at themselves – wouldn't you think that person was awesome? Like I would. I'd be like, fuck, this person has the right outlook on anything. So that's how you should look at it. Even if you get up on stage and, and, and you're not killing it, you're not just blowing up the room, at least you tried. At least you, at least you got up there. I'll never forget, uh, I did a show. I had a buddy named uh, Mickey. He was like the first guy to be like, hey, you, should, you could do this for a living. Like he was the very first person back in Chicago. And he's since gone on to write hour-long dramas and stuff, and he's like a big TV writer now, and Hardy doesn't, doesn't do a lot of comedy, but still does some. Long story long, I remember he, he didn't do well on stage, and then he got off stage and walked over to me. He was like, shit, see what I just ate? And that made me laugh so hard because it was just like, whatever, fuck. Oh, man. Ugh, that was brutal. What else is going on? You know, it's just you try to do a backflip, you land on your face, but you don't actually hurt yourself unless you let yourself really get hurt. And it's easy to, it's really hard to not let yourself get hurt. Don't get me wrong, but I, th I think that's all it is, is perspective. Just jumping out there to jump out there because someone's got to. So hopefully that answers your question. And that's it for this episode. Guys, uh, don't forget to call in 323-763-0228. That's 323-763-0228 and leave me a message. 
Don't hold back. Uh, if you've listened to uh, the episode so far, we've had sad people, happy people, super, super drunk people, all kinds of people. So just uh, keep those calls coming in, and, and thank you so much. This show would be nothing without you. Keep on getting advice from uh, your favorite dipshit, advice Matt Brown. From a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit.